Well, last week, I admit I got a little excited last week. Probably, uh, probably because it was the, Rome, the Romans effect on me. And uh, so I'm, I'm still in Romans. I'm going to try to dial down my excitement just a little bit. Uh, but who knows? Something just, a rubber band may break on this that I've kind of tightened down. And here we go. Looking at the same chapter, you know, last week we looked at uh, Romans chapter 6, verse 6. Same chapter, different verse. If you want to find it, it's Romans 6, 11. And there's a key word in that verse. If you're looking at the King James Version or the New King James Version, um, I think these are the only two translations that translate this particular word the way you see it there. Everything else I looked at, I looked at a lot of different translations, and I'm going to read a couple of them to you. But I'm going to read, first of all, what this word, how this word appears in Romans chapter 6, verse 11. Before I read it, it's the word reckon. It's a good southern word, reckon. But that's not the word that is translated it's, it's, uh, we use it informally, and if you look up a definition of reckon, uh, Google that. I, I'll read you one of the options it gives you. Reckon means guess or imagine and is often used by rule types. Now, I'm, I'm almost offended by that. It's used by rule types in Hollywood movies who say things like, I reckon I'll be moseying on. <laughs> well, that's not... That's not the meaning of the word that we're going to look at in, in Romans chapter 6, verse 11. Formerly, it means something totally different, and we'll get to that in just a moment. Here's the King James rendering of Romans 6, 11. I'm also going to uh, read the NIV and then NAS, National, or the New American Standard. But here it is in King James. Likewise, reckon ye also yourselves... To be dead indeed unto sin, but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord. Now, the other translation is significantly different. The NIV reads like this, if you're looking at it. In the same way, count yourselves dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. They translate the word that the King James translated to reckon, to count. NAS, and this is the one that you'll find most often in various translations. Even so, consider yourselves. Consider yourselves to be dead to sin, but alive to God in Christ Jesus. Here, the, the, the Greek word that's rendered that is logizomai. L-O-G-I-Z-O-M-A-I. Logizomai. It's in a middle voice verb. That's the way it is in its normal usage. It's a term that is used principally in secular settings with business, with finances, with accounting. It means to ledger or add up. Do you see that consider is not really a very good rendering of the Now, reckon is right on target, but we, we don't know what that reckon means except we use it in the South in our way. What does it actually mean? Just uh, this week, we had, a, we had a guest come to our house for about a day and a half that uh, I've known since he was 12 years of age. Uh, he's 53 now and is a grandfather. 
Royal Rangers. He came to find the Lord through Royal Rangers. He is a first gold medal achiever, and he went like blazing saddles through Royal Rangers. It just, it just appealed to him. He, he was in a horrific home life. I, when I say horrific, there was, I'll just tell you, he, has, he had an uncle that uh, went into homosexuality. That uncle brought his brother into homosexuality, a cousin into homosexuality, and two out of the three have died of AIDS. The, the, the dysfunction of Jason, Jason Green's home, he don't mind me telling you this, it was beyond what I could ever think of happening. That was in the 80s. It was, his, his family was so dysfunctional. But when the Lord got a hold of that kid's life, he went blazing through. Now, he's had ups and downs, and, and he works in an oil rig out in Midland, Texas, and he keeps saying on Facebook how he's coming back and forth from Jacksonville, his hometown where his daughter lives and grandson lives. And so I said, you know, you travel I-20 and you've yet to stop and see me. So he took me up on that. And I, he's a Florida Gator guy. I took him over to Bryant. Denny showed him what a real stadium looks like. <laughs> took him into Bryant Museum and showed him what a real football program looks like. I don't think he got, got under conviction. I don't think I, uh, I got him converted. But he's soaking up every, he's, he's had this renewal going on in his life. He's just so passionate for God right now. And this is how he tends to be. He tends to be here and here and here. And, and uh, I, I've just been one of those voices that try to like, if you can just even out, just keep going up, but just even it out, buddy. Just even it out. And I was telling him about some things, and he says, where, did, where, did, where can I find that? And I gave him, I says, here, if you want to really dive into the Word of God and study it, it's as easy as it has ever been to do that. You can go to BibleStudyTools.com. And in the King James and New American Standard, I says, both of those you can go into what the original words were, research that word, and it'll tell you everything about that word. You don't have to pull a book off yourself. You just, in a few seconds, less than maybe 30 seconds, you can find the scripture and, and be digging into the very depths of what that verse says. There's no reason why, you know, no longer are we confined to what's in our library. And what's in our library used to be the way we did study. Sermon preparation was I had a concordance, I had a lexicon, I had all of these, and I had to pull them, look, at, look through the pages. And years ago, Brother Shelby will know what I'm talking about. I think he owns a set of this. This is called the Complete Biblical Library. And when they first came out with this, they sent out a sample, um, and it was $39.95. And if you signed up, they were working on volume by volume, and I signed up, and I got every single one of them over a course of years. You couldn't pay me enough for, for that set. And I decided to look it up, and I saw where it was $699. And I said, it's got to be more than that. And when I clicked on it, that's just the New Testament part of it. When I clicked on the Old Testament part, you can buy it for $2,000. So I... I got a deal. <laughs> I can, I just, I love this. This is one of the few books I still pull off. Otherwise, you got Bible study tools and you go, you just go to that word. It's easy. Anybody can do it. And when you go to the word logismai, and that's what I'm focusing on, that word translated reckon, 
This is what you find. I'm just going to give it to you straight. This is what you find. To reckon, count, compute, calculate, count over. To take into account, to make an account of. A thing is reckoned as to being something, as availing far or equivalent to something, as having like force or weight. To number among, to reckon with, to reckon or account. Don't you like it when they give a definition for a word and they say, the word. <laughs> to reckon inward, count up, weigh the reasons to deliberate by reckoning all the reasons together or infer, to consider, take into account, weigh, meditate on, to suppose, deem, judge, to determine, purpose, and decide. In other words, it means to add up everything in front of you and come to a conclusion that is a total of what you've just looked at. And this is what he's telling the people in, in writing the Romans, the church at Rome. He says, add up everything I'm telling you and reckon it coming out to this equation. And the word is just an unusual word. It's hardly ever used in the New Testament outside of Paul's writing. Forty times this verb is used and 33 times it's Paul using it, and 19 times are in the book of Romans, and that is not an accident. He's writing that book as a treatise on Christianity and what true, normal Christianity is, and this is why this is the norm for Christianity. That little section in BibleStudyTools.com concludes this as a sample of the word. This word deals with reality. Logizomai deals with reality. If I quote logizomai, end of quote, or reckon that my bank book has $25 in it, it has $25 in it. Otherwise, I'm deceiving myself. This word refers to facts, not suppositions. It's, it's dealing with exactly the truth. This is why I love math so much when I was in school. Especially in high school, in, in my first year in college, I took college algebra, math, and finance. I, I, was, I wanted a business degree. But I went all the way through trigonometry. And, and you know why I loved math so much? Because it wasn't like philosophy. It wasn't like psychology. And it definitely wasn't like literature. English lit. Where you read a short story and they say, what does this mean? And I say, I have no idea what it means. It means so-and-so did such-and-such. Such. Well, that means it's looking to something bigger than that. So why don't you just write that? Why do they kind of make us work to see what's the meaning of that poem? And, and I'm, just, I'm just at a loss for stuff like that. But the reason I like math is that you got a problem and there was one answer. ka -ching. It wasn't that the teacher might not have liked your answer. And said, no, you didn't get it. The teacher had the mark correct. Now, the problem with trigonometry sometimes, we only had five or six questions or problems. There was very little margin for error. That's the only problem with math. <laughs> you can't come close. you got to get it. And this is a word of math. This is kind of like a word saying this is a sum total of it. And this is why Paul is using it in these settings in Romans. When you add up all the evidence, when you add up the cross, when you add up the empty tomb, when you add up the sacrifice of Christ, his blood, his atoning work, 
it adds up to what the verse says it adds up to. What does it say? Reckon ye yourselves to be what? Dead to what? Sin, but alive unto God. And he says, this is not a supposition. This is not according to how you feel. Whether you feel like you're dead to sin and alive unto God, it has nothing to do with that that's about feeling. It's about fact. And besides that, this verb here is in an imperative mood, meaning that it is a command. It's in the present tense, meaning do this now. Not down the road when you might feel like it. He's taking feeling out completely of this. Declare and accept what is not a feeling but a fact. All factors live to that conclusion. It's right in front of us. You are dead to sin. He, he was really saying, okay, according to what the Lord did on the cross, you are dead to sin and alive unto God through his resurrection. That is a fact. Here's what we need to do. We need to reckon it for ourselves that way. Isn't that what he says? Reckon ye yourselves. You, you, we can't do this for someone else. We have to do this for us. We have to come to that place. Did the Lord say this or did he not say this? Did he say this to me or did he not say this to me? Is this for me or is it not for me? This is really Christianity. And this is, I'm affected. I, I will admit that I've been influenced very much by Watchman Nee in the normal Christian life. And if you've never read the book, you just it's, it, it blew me away. I was like, I guess I've never read Romans. And I'm reading that, and I said, where have I been? Because it was like he was breaking all this down. This is Christianity. One, one of the things I love about, you know, Brenda and I, we go to, the, we go to Bryant Denny, and, we, and, and she really, before we even became ushering, she loved going to the football games, and I figured out why she loved going to football games. She's not in here, I don't think. I think she's probably helping back there, but... You know, I was like, we don't have tickets. Sometimes you can get a ticket outside the stadium. Well, the first time she went with me to do that, she loved it. She was at a yard sale. It was like yard selling. And I'd say, well, that's a good price. She said, no, we can get it cheaper. She'd look at me, we can get it cheaper. We'll go somewhere else. I said, well, I want to get in the stadium. No, we can get it cheaper. And she's just like this challenge of like, I'm, I'm going to get us the best deal possible. And one time, this guy handed us two tickets, and I'm saying, well, where, where's the seats at? He said, I'm giving them to you. She really got excited about that. We're getting in without a cost. But when you're in there, it's just like, I know there's people in this room. It's like, I'd rather watch it on television. No, I would never rather watch it on television. If I can be there, I want to be there. Because there's so much stuff that happens beyond what the television shows. And I'm telling you, I'm just telling you, the greatest experience I had with football was going with my son to Philadelphia for the Army-Navy game a few years ago. What happens that's not on television is priceless. I can't begin to tell you that that is the single most... I, we had such a blast... Of course, he wasn't in uniform, but through him and through the Navy, we got to go. But there's something that happens in Bryant-Denny that just kind of sets the crowd. A few times, the crowd just goes crazy. And it's when the guy, I think he did gymnastics announcing before they got him to do football. And he'll say something like this. This is Alabama football. And they just go crazy. Crazy. 
this is really, really I'm looking at this verse and I want to yell at you this is Christianity this is what Christianity is all about this is Christianity now I want to tell you something during coach Whitworth years they would not have got excited if somebody said this is Alabama football <laughs> the product has to be good enough for that to matter I want to tell you, you cannot get a better product than Romans 6.11. To be dead to sin, to say that God through his power, as mysterious it might be, he's robbed sin of its authority over you. And he's declared you and me dead to sin. And I know what we're thinking. I know what we think sometimes. Boy, I wish I felt that all the time. But it's the outcome of the cross. It's not the outcome of your day or the things that happen during your day or how you feel and how you physically feel. It has absolutely nothing to do with what we're facing or seeing right now. It has to do when Jesus died on the cross and was raised from the dead. And then we're told that settled it. That settled it. You're dead to sin and alive unto God. That's normal Christianity. This is why I love songs like Made Me Glad or some of the songs that we sung this morning. You know, I, I, I know that Karen Wheaton used to sing this song and she'd go through all the books of the Bible. You remember that? In Genesis, he's this. In Exodus, he's this. And try my best to find that. I can't find it. But I did find a, an Arabic Christian church group that some young ladies and young men was going through it just as a reciting in Genesis, he's this, and Exodus, he's this. And all of those revelations are something about the Lord. You think about when we sing like, you have made me glad, and I'll say of the Lord, you are my shield, my strength, my portion, deliver, my shelter, strong tower, my very present help in time of need. Amen. <laughs> come on <laughs> he's all of that to us this is Christianity this is Jesus making himself real coming off the pages of scripture into our lives we encounter him and in that encounter we discover something that is way beyond us is his power to change our minds change our hearts change our views and give us freedom in here we can take we can take the good news with us because it is good news he died for our sins. Everybody, everybody has value because he died for all. He died for all, putting value on every person. It's true about biblical revelation. When you ponder the reality of what salvation means, what it really means, the dismissal of your sins, that he says you're forgiven, your sins are removed, even the verse you shared in Philippians, that he even gives us the impetus to do that. That is his power working in us both to will and to do his good pleasure no one can come to God except the Holy Spirit draw them we can't draw them to the Lord but I can tell you when we share the gospel there's the prospects that the Spirit of God would penetrate their heart and bring them to the Lord we can't save anyone we can't bring anyone under conviction but the word of God and the revelation that's true can pierce their heart and bring them to you accept it that the battle has already been fought and won for you in regard to sin and regard to your salvation. Yes. How many do not have a checkbook? I mean, I'm not talking about like junior high kids. Or How many in this building right now do not have a checkbook? Raise your hand. 
Okay, but I knew that there'd be some in this group here. <laughs> Everything done electronically. Herman, you don't have a checkbook. Let me, I need to talk to your folks about that. You, you can still learn how to do a checkbook, right, Kay? No. <laughs> we reconcile our checkbook. We, we, we balance our checkbooks. We should. I want to I tell you something that happened not long ago. I made a deposit. I'm not going to tell you where I bank because this, this is not a, a good endorsement of them. But I walked into the bank one day and the lobby was so crowded with people. This guy came out from an office and said, I can help anyone here that's just making a deposit. If that's all you're doing. I said, that's me. And so he takes me over to his desk, goes through the motion. And this is a direct, it was a, a for deposit only. And I was giving it to him and, and he hands me the receipt. I walk out and normally I look at the receipt. I didn't that day. I just stuck it in my pocket and went on out. And a day or so later, I, I went to go online and the deposit didn't show up. And I'm looking at it and I says, hmm. So I pulled the receipt out and, and some dear man got blessed by my deposit. And I'm looking at it and I says, the account number is not, there's not a one number different. It's like totally different. <laughs> so I made my way like pronto to the bank, walked in. I says, you're the guy I want to see. <laughs> and I handed that to him and I handed my ID to him and he went, oh, yeah, I made a mistake there. I said, yeah, you did. <laughs> and, and as he was correcting now I know why he's in an office somewhere and not doing the banking I was like, I'm, I'm learned from that and some guy comes out of office and says I'll take care of deposit no you won't either and then as he's sitting there he says oh I must have just used the name that was on the screen from the last transaction I went okay <laughs> I'm out of here pull all my money out these kind of people working here and I didn't say that but I'm thinking, you just left the last person's transaction up on your computer. I, I thought about that, and I thought about the guy who may have checked his, <laughs> his balance and thought, oh, hallelujah, there is an answering, the prayer answering God. But I know probably he looked at it, he would have said, there's something wrong about that. Because he, know, he knows there's good-hearted people out there, but not that good-hearted. Maybe not. But here's, here's what he's saying in Romans 6, 11. You add up what is in the account and you're going to get what is in the account. And your spiritual account adds up to this. You are dead indeed to sin and alive unto God through Jesus Christ. You are dead to the things of this world. Well, you know, I wish I didn't have the temptation. This, I think this is thing, something that we actually have to walk out by faith. It's just a wild guess on my part, but it's probably by faith. We have to walk this out every day. Maybe the same person who wrote this gives us a little insight when he says, I die daily. I go through this every day because I know the old nature has been decimated by the death of Christ and the old nature was dealt a death blow when he was hanging on the cross. But that old nature doesn't like to stay dead. Yeah. 
and it wants to show itself. Logizomai, it's a business word, word, and it's a word in a book that focuses on forgiveness, salvation, living, having victory, going forward with the Lord. There's not a better book that gives you an overview of Christianity than Romans. And you know, this is, this is something that Paul doesn't shy away from, using business terms to get across a spiritual truth. And I want to tell you, we will do a lot better in our lives in dealing with the problems of our lives if we just kind of go back to Romans six eleven on a regular basis. I'm dead to sin and alive unto God. That's a truth. This is not a suggestion. This is not, if you feel you're dead to sin, you're dead to sin. If you feel you're alive, it doesn't have anything to do with feeling. But it's a truth. Here's something else that Paul uses in Ephesians chapter 1. Any of you that's ever bought um, a house or wrote a contract on a house know what earnest money is. It means you sign that contract and you give whatever they're asking for earnest money. And this, this keeps the contract obligating you and obligating the seller. They cannot write another contract because you've given them earnest money, which means that the house is yours depending on everything else lining up for the closing, right? If the person who signed the contract decides not to go through with it, guess what? They lose the earnest money. So that's the commitment on the person who signs the contract that you have something at stake to go through your commitment. In Ephesians chapter 1, in verse 13 and 14, I'm going to read you this because it's kind of like in this math-oriented, factual, not supposition, idea of salvation and walking in the liberty of the Lord. Listen to this. And you also were included in Christ when you heard the message of the truth, the gospel of your salvation. When you believed, you were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Now, NIV says, who is a deposit, but the, but the King James, who is the earnest. He's the earnest. He's, he's that earnest down payment, that deposit, guaranteeing what? Our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. When he gave you the Holy Spirit... And, you know, somebody came up to me one time and said, well, you know, don't, don't, don't the assemblies of God believe in backsliding and losing their salvation? I said, no, we don't believe in that. Oh, I don't believe that for a minute. And I'm, I'm getting people a little nervous right now. I don't, I, don't, I don't believe anybody can lose their salvation. I think the Bible says that you can fall away of your own choosing I said, but I believe that there's, I believe in the eternal security of the believer. Not the rebellion. Not anyone who only says the word, but doesn't live it out. And this, is, this, this shows up right here. How can we know for sure? You know, anyone in this room should not, if you've trusted the Lord and confessed him as Lord and Savior, I feel 
pity for you if you have times where you doubt that because that's the trick of the enemy. He, he said he put the Holy Spirit in us as a deposit, guarantee his part of the contract. And what's his part of the contract? Is that we're going to be his possession until the glory that is revealed in us. In fact, Romans 8 is so certain about, about all this that whom he called, he sanctified, and who he sanctifies, he glorifies. It's all in the past tense. That even our future is, in God's view, could be past tense because in him there's no time. It's all taking place. This is Christianity. And it's wonderful to feel good. It's wonderful to have joy. It's wonderful to lift our hands and have the, the confirming presence of the Holy Spirit and the revelation of God and the revelation of heaven and the word of God. But sometimes you don't feel that. Sometimes that exuberance is like, why am I in the mully groves? Why am I kind of trudging through like my feet is in quicksand? Why am I not, I'm not having the joy of the Lord? What's wrong with me? And, and when you go down that road and you start questioning not your feelings, but the foundation of your faith, then that's, that's a problem. This is why people are pulled in many directions many times is you got to go back to that compass reading that's always, it always points north, right? Always points north except when. When you're, well, it, you know, in Royal Rangers, I, I went to NTC training camp and our, our campsite you had to find by compass. And they started the compass, they started it, Everybody had to start from the flagpole. And we found out, well, that's really funny. Because when you're standing near a metal flagpole, the compass doesn't read right. <laughs> the magnetic field is interfered by that. And we'd get our reading and say, okay, that's about 50 steps. And we'd start stepping. We'd get there and like, wow, this isn't, this isn't even the right reading. And we'd go back and we'd stand. All of us are standing at... Finally, it dawned on us, it's the flagpole. They were messing, they're messing with us. And the, and the compass, our spiritual compass, always points to the Lord unless we have interference. Unless we are hearing something that's extra biblical, our poor exegesis from God's word is a poor hermeneutics. There's just, I'm telling you, I don't, I don't listen. I'm not a disciple of any particular teacher or preacher because not, and I hope that I'm not the only one you listen to because nobody has everything that we need to hear. But there's some people I, I, I'm completely disagree with them on some things because it's just poor exegesis. I would like for it to say what they say it means, but it's not there. And, and we play kind of like a little gymnastics with the Bible and that's not good. But when you go and you look at these kind of verses, there's no gymnastics needed. It says what it means, and it means what it says. And this is, what, what do I want for you, for you? What do I want? I want you to get something that you can take home with you when I get up here. But I want you to have something that causes you to want to study more and to read more to love God more. 
to love people, to love his word, to grow. And many people are trying to be spiritually healthy by scavenger diet, just now and then opening the Bible and reading. And we don't, we don't do good that way, especially because our minds are being bombarded from different directions of all kinds of stuff, right? And especially on social media, you just that's why you have to step away from it sometimes. You get pulled into arguments and pulled into like, I've only, I've only unfriended two people ever on Facebook. And one, because they just kept using awful language. And the other one, I, I, they wore me down. <laughs> but there's people on there that are my friends. They totally disagree with some of my views. But I'm, I just feel that I need to stay in touch with them. But I avoid, I avoid reading stuff that, I try to avoid reading stuff that frustrates me. Because what it does, it throws us off. It pulls us into a struggle that Romans 6.11 says, hey, you're free from that. You're dead to sin and you're alive unto God. Determined that you're going to grow in the Lord and not let things stump you and hold you back. This is why, you know, I, I won't let anybody have this, but I can tell you, you ought, you ought to find BibleStudyTools.com and just become your own student. Go for it. When, when I was going through seminary and going through a graduate degree, and had a couple of years of Greek, I, I was challenged. I'm, I mean, I came from Harpersville, Alabama. I don't even have good English, let alone Greek. But I was tested and pressed and pushed. And I was in a, I was in a seminary that was not oriented to Pentecost. I was in a seminary that said, speaking in tongues passed away with the prophets and with the word of God. And, and, and they openly taught that, openly challenged me and others when they found out that we were Pentecostal. But what I found out, they gave me tools for good exegesis that I'd go back to the verses that they were using to oppose. And I was like, well, that's the opposite. That doesn't, that, that's actually opposite. And so when I got ready to graduate from there, a guy came up and said, I guess after being here all, these, all this time, you feel different about speaking in tongues, don't you? I said, I sure do. I absolutely do. I, I feel so different about the whole thing. And he kind of smiled. I thought so. I said, you know, I, I prayed in tongues a little bit, sometimes more. And I said, but now after studying it and getting the tools you gave me, I do that all the time. I really appreciate y'all helping me like that. He was so mad. He, he was not thankful that the school helped me as a Pentecostal. But it did. I wasn't joking with him. I was like, it did. I was like, wow, this is, this is, the, this is the underlying the interpretation of God's word. This is, what, this is what it's saying. This is what it's saying. And it's tested, to, it's time tested. It's been proven against all the people who tried to tear down the Bible. It has stood every attack and here it is right here in our hands. The word of God that we can dive into. Before I have the praise team come up, in fact, you guys can come on up. <clears throat> praise team can come on up. Come here, Andrew. 
Andrew made a request. And so I said, I think I can accommodate that. Is your leg asleep? Yeah. Why don't you just take a just take a little bit of time and you got really too comfortable over there. We can't let that happen anymore. Yeah. Uh he said he said, I want to have a moment to kind of share my story. And he said, It won't take long. But you know, the, is that leg not waking up? You want to sit it's, down? It's just waking up. It's waking up? Slowly. Slowly? Someone's better. You're actually younger than me, and you shouldn't be having these kind of problems. Yeah, you're only a year older than me. Is that all? I think. You sure? I'm 67. How old are you? 69. Oh, damn, me too. Oh, oh, oh darn, darn. I didn't, excuse me. Sorry, Jesus. I am a human. Yeah, well, we know that. Um, I'm dead to and, sin, but sometimes the devil sneaks in there. But, uh, all right, I'm discipling Andrew. How about that? Do you like the way I'm? <laughs> I am his discipler. Um, pray with him. I visit him. I encourage him to read the Word of God. I encourage him to do Bible study. You and, are my preacher. And... Uh, he loves the Lord. I'm a Catholic, but not anymore. I'm, he's my man. He's my priest. <laughs> Jesus is your priest. Jesus is it's part. It's part of this conversion thing. But you're, you're the mediator you, between you, me and him. You got a few minutes with without words that more like your past instead of your present. You want to share your story? Yes, I do. I just felt compelled to say that. This is just unbelievably, it's got to be true. God sent me to this church, and the way it happened was I was driving my hot rod 64 Chevy stepside truck down here, and it stopped right up there on, on the furthest lane. I had to push it, and it was hard. I had to push it across the lanes, and it was 5 o'clock, traffic all over the place. I'm looking for a place to park it. There isn't a place except for this parking lot. And it was raining. And I finally got it to where I could jump in it and roll downhill. I finally started going downhill. And then I parked it in the parking lot. I came, knocked on the door, not thinking anybody would be here. Here the preacher was. He says, can I help you? I said, yeah, I need to park my truck in your parking lot and uh, see what's wrong with it. Can I come back tomorrow or something? You keep it there as long as you want. Yeah, there he is. He's here this morning. So this is what God did. I'm a very excellent engine builder and uh, electronics, all the vehicle electronics and stuff. I read schematics, all that stuff. So if something happens, I know what it is. It just stopped. And I checked everything. There was no spark anywhere, and there was no reason for there to be no spark. I said, this is weird. So I came back the next day, and just for the... I, I took him home. Oh, yeah. And Because it was pouring down rain, and taking him to where he, to his RV, I told him, this is not an accident. The Lord wants to reveal himself to you. And I prayed with him before he went into his RV. And I told him, I felt like that this was not an accident. 
Now, when you came back, tell them what happened. So I come back, and I sat in my truck, and said, well, all right, I got some tools here. Let's see what the problem is. But just for the heck of it, I'm going to turn it over. Turned it over, it started right up. God stopped my truck, and he wouldn't let me fix it. He made me put it in his parking lot because it was the only place to put it, and I've been here ever since. And uh, I, I, I'm, I'm, I belong to Jesus now in this church. And I love, all y'all are so kind, and it's just, I love this place. And I love you too, brother. And I love God. And I'm, I give my life up to God. I mean, I want to go to heaven. You know, I have a little problem because I'm such a wild guy. I mean, you know, things slip, but, but I just get back on the horse and try to do better. I'm glad to be part of this church anyway. That's my story. An expansion of wrecking, getting back on the horse. Keep going. Stand with me. What do you want the Lord to do in your life? How much more do you want of him? Lord, I pray this morning that we'd have a new hunger and a new thirst for you. A thirst for a revelation of your power. A longing to get closer to you. Sometimes it seems like we're so close we could taste heaven. We could taste that other world. Sometimes it just seems things crash in and there's despondency and discouragement. As Jim shared at the start of this service, that there might be here, people here wonder what's going on. Why, why is all this happening to me? Why can't I get past this? Why, why do these things keep tripping me up? just going to give you an honest call this morning if you if you need to get past some stuff and really say I want all that God has for me but I seem to keep running into a dead end every every time I just want you to join me up here because I'm telling you what I'm I'm just asking God please show me your your ways Lord show me your heart reveal more of who you are to me I want more of you. So the vet you, I want you to come. We're going to conclude the service right here, right up front.